Welcome to Wormhole with Max Dickens and Jack Barry. Today we'll be travelling down wormholes that ask things like, what happens when you get abducted by aliens? If aliens came to you and told you to build a building, would you do it? I don't know if I could be asked. Is it acceptable to seduce a neighbour's cat? You're seducing this cat with treats. I mean, the cat was coming over anyway. This cat's like a heroin addict now. I guess so. All the cat fun with none of the cat responsibility. Exactly. Which historical fascist would be the most entertaining dinner party guest? I reckon he'd also have a secret talent. Mussolini, like he'd do great impressions. Oh yeah, or he can like, he can tie a cherry string into a knot with his tongue. There's so much to learn. So come, take my hand and come with us down the wormhole. Welcome to Wormhole with Jack and Max, or Max and Jack. That's Jack Barry there, <laughs> professional voiceover artist. That's one for your show reel there. Clang, yeah. Very good. When will I be the voice of Wormhole? Well, you are. Oh, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> That's the one thing you are the voice of. Ah. Well, I'm not getting paid for it, though. No, that and the British National Party, your other yes, big gig. my two big passions. <laughs> Passion project. I pay them to do that, actually. Yeah. BMP, haven't heard of them for a while, actually. Yeah. Where Are they, they still been? about? I don't think They've so. They've been slightly um, yeah. usurped, haven't they? They sort of fascists. They, yeah, they sort of lost all their credibility after Nick Griffin did that cooking show. Yeah, <laughs> which is still remains one of my favourite ever YouTube videos. I yeah, think. It, and it really is like... You were like, oh, maybe I should have voted for him. <laughs> this, him. Guy, this guy's pretty funny. This guy's <laughs> <laughs> What is it about populists and sort of fascists being funny? Uh, that's the thing about populists or fascists is they would be good dinner party guests. Yeah. And it's like Trump, Boris Johnson, they're all like tra- trading in on being like funny. Yeah. If I was going to dinner at someone's house and someone said, we've got Donald Trump in. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, oh God, I don't like his politics. I'd be like. Oh, this is going to be lovely. This is going to be so entertaining. I'm going to have dinner party stories forever. Yeah. From, based on what he's going to do over the course. Of, yeah, you would be like, that's going to be... And it sort of makes it all the whole thing more palatable. Who do you think the best fascists would be at a historically at a party? So you're gonna, you've got a history of fascists. I'm going to say Benito Mussolini. I was going to say Mussolini, weirdly. I think he's probably a big drinker. He's the best dressed. Best dressed. He's gregarious. Yeah. And I do feel like a maybe bon he'd yell vivant. at me. A bon viveur. <laughs> I'd be worried about him tearing at, tearing at me. I sort of feel like if tr- Donald Trump or Boris Johnson, they might get heated, but I feel I feel like I could take either of them in a fight. Whereas Mussolini, I'm not so sure. Yeah, he's a bit of a loose cannon. Yeah, he's a loose cannon. He'd, he'd scratch. I reckon he'd also have a secret talent, Mussolini. Like he'd do great impressions. Oh yeah, or he can like he can tie a cherry string to, into a knot with his tongue. Yeah, and he'd get up and do that after dinner. He'd challenge everyone to ping pong, beat everyone hands down, and as he got drunker and drunker. And yeah, drunker, yeah, he... yeah, yeah. And then he has one drink too many, and he can't play ping pong at all. Yeah. And then he flips the table over and, and yeah. ruins the rest of the vibe of the evening. And then we go home and tell everyone about that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I don't think he was funny, and I don't think Hitler was funny. I think that was like a period of fascism where they were serious. And now, like, people are caught on to that. So now the new ones have to, have to sort of stealth by being a bit funny. And that's how they, they sort of sneak under the radar, but I do, feel. Do you think, like, Trump is funny? He's funny, isn't he? I mean, just, like, the way he acts is, is sort yeah. of undeniably, you know? Like, you watch, like, a, 
a debate that he's doing and he's, you know, he's trying to have a debate with these other politicians who are like, and I'm going to raise taxes. And then he's just like, and your wife is so ugly. <laughs> and you're like, that's a hilarious your, thing to say. Your impression of Trump there was, was <laughs> French. Your wife is so ugly. Your wife, his wife, she's so ugly. Oh my God, this woman, she's so ugly. I think everyone's got a mate like Trump is the thing. I don't want him involved in anything in, in power. No, but people, everyone's got a friend a bit like Donald Trump. Well, and you feel you should, probably should have told him to, to stop hanging out with you years ago. But it's like, well, yeah, oh. that kind of liability that you'll only see one on one because yeah. you'll, you don't want to have them around your other mates because it's embarrassing. You won't invite into a dinner. And party. if they come come to like your fortieth. Or something. Yeah. And you're like, what is what is he gonna do? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've definitely and got it. He turns out like he's fucking the meringue or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Cause that's what I'm gonna have my forty. I'm gonna have a huge meringue. A huge meringue. And it's shaped like a really sexy woman. <laughs> just to yeah. trap people. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to cutting the meringue. It's kind of filled with cream and strawberries. And I get there and, and like Sean or whatever is he's What are you doing? He's completely fucked the meringue. Not my meringue. Yeah. Well he denies it. He's just stood next to it. And he's covered in like white dust. That wasn't I I've, I've what are you talking about? Yeah, what, why are you pointing the finger at me? Yeah. Just because of past history, is it? And you're like, no. No, it's because you're covered in you're co cream, yeah, strawberries yeah. and meringue dust. Yeah. And this meringue has been visibly fucked. Speaking of populists, <laughs> I kind of wanted to talk about one in specific and like animals because I ended up down a bit of a wormhole this week. So what populists are you... I'm talking you about specifically Javier Malay who's uh, running for president of Argentina at right. the moment. Okay, so and country it, close to your heart, obviously. Country close to my heart. I'm married to an Argentinian. And he's scary. He's a scary dude, but it's also quite funny. I saw a photo of him in the paper, and he yeah. was just with a chainsaw. With a chainsaw, like that's something out thing. of Halloween. Yeah, 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 yeah. He takes his chainsaw to his parties because he's like a strong libertarian. He's like, I'm going to slash spending. I'm going to slash taxes. But he also wants to slash, like, he wants to cut the women's ministry, and he wants to cut the like everything he wants to cut everything in the government so that no one will have any help or anything and he wants to make abortion illegal again and uh he's he's a, a nasty dude but he looks mad that's the other thing about populists they all have mad hair <laughs> he's got these like mad mutton chops that he sort of shaves into a spike and he had a dog that he loved so, so much. This is the wormhole that I ended up down. He had a dog that he loved so, so much that when it died, he paid to get this dog cloned. And he now has five clones of his dog. So like five identical dogs. Five identical dogs that are reincarnations of his old dog. And apparently they all hate each other because they can't like, I don't know if they're like freaked out. They're like... Yeah. I'm an abomination to nature and every time they see each other it reminds them but it freaks them out so apparently he lives in this flat and sort of around the flat he has like posts that are like nailed to the ground and they're all there chained to these different posts so that they can't reach each other and they can't constantly be fighting and they're just like around the flat these five identical dogs. God, this sounds like, I don't know, it sounds like a metaphor, doesn't it, for something? I don't know, but it he sounds... claims he telepathically communicates with them and they give him policy ideas. Like, if I'm running for office, that's not the thing I'm leading with. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot of great ideas. You know where I got them from? Dogs. These guys. <laughs>
And natural dogs? Oh, you better believe no, sir. They're clone dogs. And all the policies are mad. Like, everyone's got to pick up each other's dumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, yes, exactly. Everyone gets tasty treats for being a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> and he wants that enshrined in the Constitution. Tickles behind the ears for everybody. Don't ask me where I got the idea. This is all off the top of my own head. He's showing up at the UN. Yeah, he's going to ban abortion, but he's also going to ban neutering. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no more no cutting spades. off bollocks ever again. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's quite unhinged. And I kind of, yeah, I'm kind of obsessed with it. Also, the whole thing, in his head, his dogs are all like fluent in Argentinian. <laughs> yeah. And they're brilliant. just... They're thinking Argentinian. Because I'd imagine yeah. dogs don't think in human languages. They just think in, I don't know what dogs... Sort of woofs, presumably. That's how they communicate with each other. Yeah. <laughs> imagine that. If you just sort of made a translator for dogs. It's yeah. just them going... <laughs> God. Oh, knew it. Get that on dragons then. Yeah, I haven't got any pets now. My my cat died. This isn't. This is like a real world wormhole which came out of my... Because I miss my cat very much. I haven't right. I haven't paid to get him cloned, and I haven't got five clones of him. But uh, there's like a neighbourhood cat, which has started coming around my house. Right. What, what do you mean, just coming through the cat flat? And... Yeah, we don't have a cat flat, but it just started turning up in the garden, and then would come into the kitchen, and now it just sort of comes around and hangs out sometimes. And it's really cute, and it yeah. obviously likes me, and, we, and it's very affectionate. But um, I had some friends around for dinner the other day and they were like really chastising me. And they were like, it's inappropriate, <laughs> my relationship with this cat. What do you mean? You're not, I'm not allowed fucking, to... I'm not fucking the cat. I just, I'll just say yeah. that as a disclaimer. But yeah, they were like, you can't, you can't invite someone else's cat over. Like, have you seen, dream, you know, dreamies? Do you know what dreamies are? They're like no. little um, tasty cat treats. Okay. And they, you know, they're crunchy on the outside, they're soft on the inside. But their whole advertise, their last advert, they had like an advert that came out last year. And the whole advert slogan was, borrow your neighbor's cat. And it's like, if you've got a cat, buy a packet of Dreamies and then you can entice your neighbor's cat over to hang out for a bit with Dreamies. And it was like, <laughs> even if you don't own a cat, buy a packet of Dreamies and then the cat will come over. So all, all the cat fun with none of the cat responsibility. Exactly. And so I did buy a packet of Dreamies because <laughs> this cat kept on coming over and it was hung. I could tell it was hungry. I think so this I, is inappropriate. But you're seducing this cat with treats. I mean, the cat was coming over anyway and I was like, well, I'm just making his stay a little bit more enjoyable. But it's like this cat's like a heroin addict now. You're sort of... I guess so. What? Because now he knows he's that, coming over that's his what my, That's what my friend said. It's like, well, he knows he can get food from you now, so he's coming back. But I was like, he was coming anyway. Do you know why I think people don't like the idea of you with another person's cat? Why? Is that it reveals the whole lie of pets, right? The lie people with pets tell themselves is my animal, my cat, my dog loves, loves me so much. Yeah. And it, this cat, if I died. It'd be distraught. It'd be gutted. It wouldn't know what to do. Where the truth is, the cat is a slut. And it will go with literally anybody who gives it some food. That's so true. Yeah. But I also feel like, because my friend tried to like catch me in it. Because my old cat. What, dress up as a cat? Yeah, 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 yeah. Literal catfish. Yeah. Yeah. And I fed it a dreamy and he went, aha, pulled his mask (laughs) off like Mission Impossible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's not what happens in Mission Impossible that that's so every basic. Mission Impossible film you don't just pull a mask off it's somebody else yeah isn't it and it's a cat 
Tom Cruise is... Tom is Cruise, a, he's always pulling a mask off. He and pulls like, off his, his tabby cat mask. Pulls off his mask and he's like, did you buy those dreamies just for me? Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm singing the whole time I'm feeding this cat. Yeah. But no, because my old cat, he was ill. He was like an indoor cat because he had cat AIDS. Yeah. So he couldn't go outside because he might give his AIDS to other cats or he might... Um, get a cold and die. So he was an indoor cat. Right. So he never went out. And my friend was like, well, how would you feel if Gandalf was going off to other people's houses and spending time with them? And I was like, you've picked the wrong person for this argument because you know I am in an open relationship. <laughs> I, if I don't mind my wife going and fucking other people, why do you think I'd mind my cat going off and getting a treat from somebody else? Yeah, but do you... I mean, do you think your little cat? Yeah. It's, it's a bit like, you know, I like to think if my wife, if I died. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm up in hopefully heaven. Yeah. Looking down. I'd like to think she'd leave it longer than a couple of months before she started taking treats from local men. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> you. in that guy's van. Your, your cat is barely cold in the ground <laughs> and you're out there. Stuffing cats full so of sweets. You think it's worse that I'm cheating on my old yeah, cat? Yeah, I think it's you've moving on too quick. It's been months. He died in April. <laughs> it's not that long, is it? I no. Suppose. The other cat just turned up. It's just, you can't, it's serendipitous. I Yeah, well, I don't know. It, 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 I had a real argument with my friend about it. <laughs> and I, So now I don't know, really. And now, so the cat came around this morning and I didn't give it any food because I felt bad. Oh. But he was like, look at me like, oh. Treating me and keeping keen. Yeah, yeah, hanging out. He still comes over and hangs out. Got like one of those old scratching posts that, for my old cat. That he'd stopped using because he was too old and he couldn't be asked. I was yeah. like, finally getting some use out of it. Sort of got it out of the attic. This cat loves it. <laughs> <laughs> and that for me is the equivalent of like a, a pole in a in a club. Yeah, yeah. And you're just watching it. And I'm just like, yeah, work it. that pole, baby. <laughs> <laughs> throwing throwing treats at it. Yeah. You like that. Do you think it would have been more respectful to my dead cat if I got him cloned five times? It. It would have maybe honoured his memory more. Yeah. Do you know what he's got? We got a photo of him in our living room and I got a photo of this new cat with him sort of in the back. It did a, I just took a photo of this other cat because it was like sitting on my desk the other day while I was working and it does, it looks like he's sort of looming over him like from heaven yeah. sort of judging and looking down. Well, I think he probably is. Yeah, I guess he probably is. Yeah. He's buried under the, a, an apple tree in the garden. So this cat is traipsing over his grave it probably to is. get to you to get his treats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. facilitating all of this. And I'm just and I'm doing it all. Yeah, it's absolutely disgusting. Oh, sorry, Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that's been your wormhole this week. So mine has been s- sleep. Yeah. So I don't know how you sleep badly. Yeah, I sleep pretty badly. I sleep. Like it's so delicate. The situation is so delicate. Yeah, like I will get. I need like a half hour, forty five minute wind down. Oh, I don't yeah. like any noise around me. Yeah, I need to be left alone. I, you know, I get get to my sort of bedside table. I've got my earplugs there. Maybe an, an eye mask. Yeah, getting like the um, the lavender spray on the pillow. I've just got one of them. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Yeah, and then I'm I'm thinking right. It needs to be very dark and cool. So get the window open. I have a special situation with my duvet where I do it like I call it the duvet sandwich. <laughs> yeah. So I lie on top of the over. duvet and I pull the, the the far side over me, a bit like a panini. Yeah. And it's kind of warm but 
quite cool because you get it's, it's perfect. But what, how and did you I, do that with Naomi in the bed? Well, she doesn't love it. <laughs> you got double duvet. But this is the thing, right? So I can't. I really struggle to sleep next to my wife Naomi. Yeah, she has these horrific night terrors. No, really. Yeah. And what? And sort of screams and thrashes and yeah, floats above the bed in the middle of the night. Pre- I Does mean, she levitate and well, and she has. Vomit. I mean, they are bl- <laughs> so. So the, a night terror is not the same as a nightmare. It's something to do with the fact that a nightmare happens in your deep sleep. Oh, okay. And we all get nightmares generally. Some people get more than others. Like it's like a dream. It's your subconscious. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like a, well, a bad dream, exactly. Yeah. And then a night terror happens when you're just dropping off. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously, she wakes up and she's screaming. Wow. Sometimes she's running down the end end of the bedroom and she's like looking in the in, in the dirty laundry bin. Like she, generally, there'll be a hag involved of some sort. Some sort of hag hag is looming, is yeah. hiding in the room somewhere. Yeah, and the screaming will be, "Oh my god, she's in the room, she's in the room, or he's going to get me, he's going to get me." No. And I'm waking up thinking, like, you know. You, from being asleep to being wide awake, thinking there's a there's a man in, in, in the, the room. bed. It's me at the end of the bed with and a packet of treats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just Jack. He's, He's got, Jack. A, got a packet of treats. Yeah, yeah. Jack, you. please, can you not? <laughs> also, I know I'm dressed as a cat. So you don't say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's part I'm of dressed, it. I can't sleep. I'm you're not a dressed. You're a panini and you're dressed as a cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I sometimes get that thing, you know, when you're like sort of half nearly asleep and then you feel like you've tripped over something. Yeah. And then you suddenly kind of jolt away. It's that moment when her, that, her terrors happen. But it's a hag rather than just like a, a step it's, to trip over. Yeah, it's generally a hag. Oh, these hags, man. And it made me think about nightmares. Yeah. And the most common nightmares. Oh, yeah. So I looked these up. Great. And some of them... What do you think the most what do you think the most common nightmare is? So this came out of Teeth falling out. Okay. Or uh you're naked at work or at school. Naked at school? Isn't that one? I used to have that. I'd be like, oh god, I've got this exam. And then you get there and you're like, oh, I haven't got my trousers on. <laughs> and I haven't revised. So all and your, I left school years ago. All your nightmares are like 1970s sitcoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a reason they came from somewhere, isn't it? Yeah. So the most common nightmare, number one, being chased. Oh, being chased. Yeah, okay, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, I re- definitely relate to that. Yeah. Um, number two, falling. <laughs> falling. How far? Yeah, well, that was, that's kind of my one, I guess. Like, well, like a trip. <laughs> generally, I don't think they mean like falling over a step. Oh, really? You sure? Yeah. <laughs> a partner leaving or cheating. Not particularly funny, that one. Teeth falling out, number four. Okay. Being thought... naked in front of people, your fave. Yes, um, there Number we go. five, drowning, number six. Drowning, that's Ooh. quite heavy. Boo. Um, missing an important event or being late. That, for me, is the recurring nightmare. Oh, oh yeah. I've had that a few times. Just yeah. missing something. Yeah. And the nightmare is the journey to... Yeah, I get that all the time. Sustaining an injury. Not hilarious. Your house catches fire. Number 10, feeling trapped. Feeling so, trapped. So, so these are like common... These are the most these common. These are the most common nightmares. So it made me want to play, play a game with you. Oh, great. This is a game. This is a quiz. This format is available. If you're if you're listening to this, ITV, yeah, Channel Four, Sky, Sky. Oh, available to buy. I yeah. thought you were going to say available in a shop. No, I've oh, not. Yeah. I've not really okay. got the licensing okay, agreements yeah, okay, yet. Okay, um, but obviously that is in the works. That's, ne- that's the next step. So I thought. So, so dream interpretation is a big thing. Yeah, big time. Is your, does your therapist ever do that? Yeah, my therapist does do that, and I do, do joke that it kind of ruins everything for me. <laughs> I can never remember my dreams. 
I sometimes can, I, but now I've started paying more attention. I will, if I can, I'll get up and I'll and I'll write them down. Really, and then yeah, and but then I'll go to her and she, you know she'll be like, "What did you dream?" And I was like, oh, "I had this dream where I was on a fucking a, a cat. I was on a yeah 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 yeah, and I wasn't even asleep." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, did you say dream? Yeah, yeah. I thought you said life. Sorry, I thought you meant memories. Yeah. I had um, I had a dream where I was at a carnival and I was on a Ferris wheel with uh, some of the guys from the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> and then she was sort of like, what do you think it means? And I was like, oh, I love the Wu-Tang Clan. And, and then did she, she just accept that? No, she said, I think it means you've got imposter syndrome at work. And I was like, oh, God, really? Oh. I was like, come on, just have a nice time at the carnival with the guys. She was like, no, you got issues. It was, it was quite disappointing. Oh, God. Yeah. What were they like, the Wu-Tang Clan? Uh, we're intimidating. I think that was the problem. Yeah. I think I was too nervous. I was too nervous to be around them. She was like, well, they obviously represent other comedians that you work with. And I was like, oh, God, I didn't even think about that. So this game? Yeah. What the nightmare is and what the interpretation of it is. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Okay, so... Yeah, great. What do you think teeth falling out symbolises or means? Teeth falling out and anxiety about losing something important or something that you care about. Teeth falling out in a dream can symbolise a loss of confidence or a knock to your self-esteem. Ah... A nightmare in which your teeth fall out could also depict a fear of losing something that means a lot to you. Ah, there you go. And offers stability in your life. Yes, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So you're I good at this? Being naked in front of people. What do you think that means? I'd say an anxiety about lack of preparedness. Or, uh, like, yeah, you haven't, you haven't done work that you need to do or something, maybe? Yeah. You haven't prepared for something? It's about trying to cover yourself up, says a psychologist. It can suggest you are being accused of something. Oh, you're worrying about expressing yourself or you feel unease about the path you're on. Oh, okay. It could also be a sign of imposter syndrome, your fave. Impos yeah, my, that is my fave. Oh, that's probably why I get it. Finally, <laughs> your house catches fire. Is it um, about anxiety that your house is going to catch fire? <laughs> <laughs> uh, correct. <laughs> no, apparently... Sometimes it, it's just bullshit. Sometimes it's complete <laughs> toss. Um... Could reflect a creative transformation taking place in your life, or highlight the need for you to take an action to transform your life. Like also burn feel everything like, down. Yeah, burn it all down. Ooh, that's quite cathartic, isn't it? I had a dream where I woke up in the morning and I just had this address in my head, and I, and I, it was like ten Silverthorn Road. This baby just kept on saying this address to me. And then I woke up and I was like, what is even that street? And it was like five minutes walk away from me. Did you Google it? I Googled it and I was like, oh, right, it's around the corner. And I was like, on my way home from work, it was when I had an office job. When I walked home from work, I just sort of went and looked at the house and I was like, oh, that's the right, but why? You know, there's like people in the States who um, say they've been contacted by aliens and, it's, yeah. and, they, and they've like got, been given like a, a mission to do. Yeah, I, I'm kind of fascinated by aliens, and I really want yeah. to believe that they're real. Have you ever seen that film, The Phenomena? No. And it's all about like different UFOs, and they have all of these like old pilots who are like, "I saw something, man, and it wasn't human, and it wasn't, it was something." But it is like quite convincing. Yeah. And there was this guy. I, I went to California in the summer, Clang, and there's this like in the desert in California or Nevada or somewhere. There's like uh, this is guy, and he was called 
He's where's the Mojave Desert? That's definitely not how you say it. Mojave, isn't it? It's Mojave. That Mojave. Mojave. I want to go to Mojave you know, Desert. You want to go down Mojave Desert? And uh, there was this bloke in the fifties called George Van Tassel, who built this thing, this building that he said aliens had told him to build, and it's still there. It's like this old structure. What does it look like? It looks like a sort of dome. It looks kind of like a. Um, like an observatory, but with like windows all around the side of it. It hasn't got like a telescope, but it's like a, a domed kind of building in the middle of the desert. And it apparently is like a time machine. And it was built in <laughs> a way. A what yeah. Do you, you mean apparently it's a time machine? This is what he was like. The aliens told me to build a time machine. So I've built this time machine. And it's got no like rivets or nails or anything in the whole building. So, so as not to like interfere with like energy sort of things like energy movements through this building but you can't just say you've built a time machine i mean well apparently at one point it had some kind of weird machinery in it that no one ever really knew what it was but he built it sort of saying that he was given all the blueprints in his mind i think in a dream or just in like a trance by aliens that contacted him and that was how he knew how to build it and so he built this whole building and it was like his life's work he was like i've got to build this building and now it's a recording studio because <laughs> apparently it's got very good acoustics because he built it with no rivets or or, or, or nails or anything. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that's like quite a big coherent thing to get. Cause, yeah, because that's a, a building. It works, right? He's not he's not built like a some completely crazy shack. No, he's built, built a properly functioning, a proper and pretty building. And now it's like a sort of. It's a site that people go to and check out because it's this beautiful old building. It, oh, yeah, it's called the Integratron. <laughs> he was living under this rock and he got contacted by aliens and they gave him the plans for the Integratron and he built it. If aliens came to you and told you to build a building, would you do it? Well, I don't know if I could be asked. <laughs> Well, I'd be quite a whole scared. Building. I don't know how to build. And but, I, no, I, but if you've had an alien talk to you, you'd be like, I can't believe it. You'd be, this would be extraordinary. I know. You'd definitely build it. Or you you talk to a builder, you get on Checker Trade. You, Imagine that, posting that on Checker Trade. T- task Rabbit. Uh, yeah. Bit of a weird one. <laughs> Listen, I've got these blueprints. Don't ask me where I got them, but I need someone who can make this <laughs> yeah. pronto. I always just feel like uh, I'd be quite embarrassed and the aliens would come back and they'd be like, where's the time machine? I'd be like, oh, can, what happened was you picked you, the wrong guy <laughs> I put it on checker trade and then you got all these posts from builders being like oh yeah I've built loads of time machines mate yeah yeah yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah not a problem we'll set, we'll set a bit of MDF basically yeah yeah no that's fine million quid I'll do it for yeah million quid call it a million yeah alright mate lovely and then they turned up late and they wanted a cup of tea and then they left early yeah. and I was like pack it in guys <laughs> you bunch of time wasters you lot this is why I need a time machine so I can go back in time and get all the time of mine that you've wasted. <laughs> Hashtag builders. <laughs> the thing about these stories, though, is that I was kind of amazed about it until you said he lived under a rock. Yeah. It's never someone who's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a dad of three. I work in compliance for um, Unilever. I drive a full Fiesta. I, I live in a three bed in, in, in Wiltshire. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's never those guys. It's, it's always, always like I was on acid in the desert yeah. and these aliens and came. And then and guess spoke. what? Yeah. Another thing about these stories is that it's also, they har- these aliens harass people. Yeah. Like, they go like, it's, often it's not just one incident. 
But they keep coming back. Yeah, they keep coming back to the same dude. Yeah, yeah. And that's what makes me suspicious again. It's like, why are they picking on well, yeah. this guy? They've got a real soft spot for him. Yeah, and if you were going to get something built in the desert, you don't pick some bloke who lives under a rock. Well, I you guess would he, pick... he looks like he's got time on his hands. Right. <laughs> so the aliens are flying past and there's like a guy who lives, works in compliance and has a father of three. It's like, well, he looks busy. Oh, this guy, look... <laughs> this guy's hanging out under a rock. He looks like he's probably got time to build. Yeah. Maybe. So <laughs> that might be the thought process of an alien. So there's there's so much stuff about alien abductions. Yeah. And actually there's support groups for people who get together who talk about this stuff and they feel like no one takes them seriously. Yeah. And they've had these often horrific <laughs> experiences because yeah. they think they're real. Yeah. And maybe they are real. But exactly. But they think and they're like no one will listen. Yeah. People laugh at me, but I've had like horrific actually should we like Should we talk about some of these experiences? Yeah, absolutely. Some mad ones. So this is from Louise, 56. Okay. It was 1997. I was 37 at the time. I woke up in the middle of the night, paralysed. <gasps> to my right, there were two small aliens. I can't really explain why, but I wasn't scared. I was raised horizontally above the bed and levitated towards the closed window. The next moment, I found myself on a very cold table surrounded by two small aliens and a third, much bigger creature who was standing by my feet. His body was a blur, but I suddenly realised I'd seen him 20 years earlier huh? in what I thought was a nightmare. Oh, With regression therapy, I came to realise they'd visited me before, but I just always thought they were ghosts in a recurring dream. Get so, out. Thi- so this happens a lot, by Pe- the way. Really? With, with alien abductions. What did they do? Louise was asked. They inseminated me artificially. And when I found myself back in bed, I knew I was pregnant. I couldn't be because I had a coil and was going through a divorce. I don't know why the divorce is important. Yeah, you can't get pregnant if you're getting divorced. But in an emergency appointment with a gynecologist, he confirmed I was. No, that's consent, guys. Even if you're an alien, it's very important. So also you think when you give birth, like it comes out, it's like bright green got really spiky ears yeah eyes that look like black almonds yeah I'm not sure who the dad is but he doesn't look like the guy who works at the local coffee shop yeah and he's not crying he's just going (laughs) (laughs) scratching at you with his claws yeah well so what happened to her baby did she have the baby um I don't think it's hilarious end oh um the night before I was supposed to have an abortion told you I prayed to God and Mary to help me don't Mary. bring up Mary. She's famously the one who's got exactly the same mission problem. <laughs> <laughs> she was the OG artificial insemination. Oh, yeah, exactly. From some spectral being coming and inseminating her. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it, that we're like, oh, God, these stories are nuts. But literally the founding story of the human race in the Western world is almost exactly it's the same. It's basically the same story and people really ran with it yeah. and talk about it every weekend. <laughs> 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 the next day I was happy again I called off the abortion so hang on she had the she had the baby okay then they asked her what do you think happened to make you pregnant I think they took semen from my ex-husband and then modified the DNA so you, it didn't come out as like a green alien being it came out as a as a human baby with her ex-husband's DNA yeah and then she's trying to put two and two together about how this might have happened <laughs> So, yeah, exactly. So what's happened is she was going through a divorce, had a coil in. Yeah, the coil didn't work. They don't have a 100% success rate. And she's knob, knob direct's husband. I think she's knob direct's husband. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Just done one final anger shag. Yeah. You know, if you're looking for, trying to explain it away, 
being a- artificially aliens. inseminated by aliens who've taken your ex-husband's sperm. And... It's more exciting. It's a better dinner party convo, isn't yeah. it? Where did your son come from? You aliens. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the psychologists saying about these things? They're, they're, they're quite maybe linked to a some sort of childhood trauma that's been repressed. Well, yeah. So one thing I found was um, people have studied how consistent alien abductions are. Yeah. Because people who've had them, or say they've had them... Seem to have them quite regularly. Well, no, they they will describe quite a similar experience. Ah. So they generally follow the following sequence. Okay. This is according to a a UFO expert. Capture. Mm. Starter. Taken away to sort of some sort of alien spacecraft generally. Dinner date. Uh, Examination. (laughs) Examination and procedures. Yeah, Um, sex. Uh, this could be invasive psychological and physiological procedures. Yeah, only on um, a second date, though. Uh, and on occasion, uh, training and testing or sexual liaisons. So actually pretty yeah. close. Yeah, okay. Number three, conference, uh, some sort of interaction. Post-coital cigarette. Then a tour. <laughs> a tour? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the yeah. spaceship. Number four is tour. Uh, the abductees are given a tour of the captain's vessel. <laughs> Nice. You know, if you've if you've probed someone, you've taken them away from their home in the middle of the night. I mean, yeah. the least you can do is show, show them, them around. around. Yeah. yeah, there's the bathroom if you bathroom need. There. Yeah, if you want to freshen up, and, just uh, down there. Look at these taps. Yeah, but they you wouldn't believe how much they cost. Yeah, but worth it, I think. You just wave your hand underneath, and they come on. Yeah, into the bathroom. Well, we actually went for brass um, yeah. taps here because um, the tiles are Sicilian. Sicilian. Yeah. yeah. Loss of time. Abductees often rapidly forget the majority of their experience. So they come back. Number seven is theophany. Theophany. So coinciding with their immediate return, abductees may have a profound sense of love, a high similar to those being induced by certain drugs or a mystical experience, accompanied Mm. by a feeling of oneness with God, the universe, or their abductors, sort sort of Stockholm Syndrome. Yes, but also very much what happens when you take acid. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of this is, uh, yeah. And then number eight is the munchies. Weird. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> then number eight is the aftermath, where they just, they're just sort of, they've got to cope with it all. Sure. Have a kebab. Yeah, yeah. Chips. Debrief. Yeah. Call a friend. You're yeah. not going to believe the date I've just had. And people have basically the same the same guy, the same one every time. So very consistent. Yeah. Which again would point to the direction of maybe there is something in this because yeah, it's yeah, a bit yeah. like, you know, when you're trying to work out. I mean, I sound sceptical, but I'm not. I'm actually not. I'm, I've got a very open mind about everything. I, I'd love for all of this to be real. Yeah. Yeah. So is it real? This is the question we're left with. Given it's so consistent. Yeah. You know, how can you explain it away? Yeah. British Psychological Society. And they write, the psychologist writes, Emma L. Barrett, while stories like these might strike some as delusions that would typically arise from certain mental health issues. Oh, Emma. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Studies have found that abductees are no more likely than anyone else to have conditions that affect the perception of reality. So they're all sane. Okay. But thanks um, to psychological research over the past decades, we can conclude that these alien misadventures arise due to two entirely more mundane phenomena. Sleep paralysis, oh, as in like night terrors, as in hags, and false memories. False memories, yeah. So, it's it, what it's sort of sleep deprivation, night terrors. 
I mean, they, they sort of say that night, like sort of sleep paralysis is probably explains a lot of like ghost sightings as well, isn't it? Yeah. Because you feel like there's someone else in the room or something's like sitting on your chest or something. And a lot of the times when people felt like, I remember having sleep paralysis when I was a kid and I was convinced there was a ghost in my room. Yeah. And it really felt like there was someone there. Because you're not aware that it's not real, right? So you No, it feels fucking real. You can't move and it feels like there's someone sitting on you and there's, there's someone in the room with you. Yeah. And then when I, when I come, like Naomi like sort of comes around from the terror. Yeah. You know, I take off my like Grim Reaper mask and go. Yeah. Um, Happy anniversary, darling. <laughs> but she'll, she'll come around from the terror. Yeah. And she'll be like, she's panting, like heart racing. It's, it's been real. Yeah. She's convinced it has been real. Yeah. Yeah. But she then immediately goes, oh, it was, it was sleep. It was night terror. Like, well, eventually she's sort of like, okay, that. You know, she's once she's sort of yeah. calmed down. If you've been affected by any of the issues discussed in this, please get in touch. Yeah. If you've ever been abducted by an alien and had a tour, we'd love to hear from you. We want to see uh, what sort of the layout is. You know, yeah. what, what decor have they gone for? We want to know. Yeah, exactly. Are they still watching DVDs? Or the, or How are they sleeping? Did you see a, leven, a lavender spray next to their bed when you were shown around the bedroom? I think in my head, aliens just sleep like bats. Upside down? Yeah. Do you reckon so? Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a bat do that. Hello, producer Trav here. You may know me from other much more successful podcasts, but now I'm editing this whole shit. Wormhole's theme music is by Ben Osborne, and our artwork was designed by Alexandra Turner. It would mean a lot to us if you would subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed it, number one, are you all right, mate? Number two, consider telling a friend or your therapist. And you could even leave a short review. Helps more people to find us and it makes our lives way less meaningless. If you want to complain about the episode, please reach out to Max or Jack on Instagram. They do not pay me nearly enough to run that department too. All right, that's it. It's finished now. Climb back out the wormhole, take your rubbish with you, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for dinner. Um, well, yeah, I know. I mean, usually it's the third date that you do that. But... Okay. Oh, yeah, this is very nice. What? So you keep your clothes down there in a different room. So you've got to go naked across the hallway to get dressed. You don't find that inconvenient? I mean, you, yeah, it's a lot of cupboard space, but it's lee, just, lee, lee. I'd like it to be next to my room. What about your house space? I find it annoying when they don't do the washing up as well. Yeah, you, sh- you should talk to your housemates. It's important to set boundaries. <laughs> yeah, well, you, I know you don't like boundaries because you inseminated me on my on the first day. <laughs> yeah. You, you want to take a photo? Of what? Of me in the house okay (laughs) okay yeah it's been interesting we'll pop by any time I guess (laughs) alright where are you going to stick that bit Travis (laughs)